From Wrestling with God Productions, this is an encore presentation of a really good Wrestling with God show episode. It definitely deserves another listen. Pride comes from not knowing your worth. It's an egoist and a prideful that can never be happy because they made their insecurities, the flaws, the center of their identities. Wrestling with God show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon. I'm here with my humble friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. You are my humble friend, right? <laughs> I do not really, who knows about humble? Humble is, is a tough one. Well, I guess, you know, we'll be able to deal with that a little bit today because we kind of decided to grapple with the opposite of humble. And it's something that God has labeled as evil, and you've described it as cancerous. Um, it's something that most of us humans battle with at one time or another. So, Father Lynn, if you will, help us wrestle with pride and the dangers it poses in our lives. Oh, okay. Actually, though, I didn't know I ever called it cancerous, but that's a great description. But I'd say you did, actually. That, that's uh, a direct quote from you, Father Len. Uh, I listen to everything you say. I really do. <laughs> I don't listen. But it is actually pride is like cancer because, unfortunately, it's a cancer that goes undetected until it's too late. And you think you're on the top of game, but you're not. So, I, I just actually, I'm only halfway through reading this book that I've fallen in love with, um, which often happens, but it's called The Truth Detector. And it is this great book about this guy who trains people to be spies and was a spy okay, um, and an FBI agent. And it's just a really interesting book. Like, I think it's amazing. You train people to be spies. Part of his job once was to get people to become double agents and to become a double agent what you have to do is work somebody and you work them where like i know you work for this embassy so i'm just working on you befriending you and then you tell them listen i'll pay you ten thousand dollars if you can give me one of their telephone books <laughs> and if the person takes it you know you have them you own them the moment they do that and here's the thing. There's nothing about a telephone book that's valuable to the United States. You, know, you can pick up a telephone book anywhere. Right. But what it is is they just let you know that they can be bought. Yep. And they think they own you. Like, you fool. I got $10,000 from a telephone For book. For a silly phone it. book. Yep. So, like, you're always working their pride. And... What you really need is just to know that they can lie. And it doesn't matter what the lie is. It could be a telephone book, which is valueless. But once you have them in a lie and pride, you can work that angle. And so you keep working it until then you own the person. The moment you tell the lie or agree to a lie, you own that person. You're just going to keep working it. And if the person gets upset, they can say, hey, listen, uh, we have you on tape. 
giving us a telephone book. What would your <laughs> boss say? So now you're just going to do this. And so he's trained these people to flip spies. But I just, it was stunning to me. Oh, it's about the lie. It's about the lie and the pride. Because you want them to think that they're superior and smarter than you. And you're the fool. Which I think is amazing. And I just, I know this sounds kind of strange. I thought, what a great paradigm for life. The moment you tell the lie, you are owned. Yeah. You have so much pride that you don't realize, oh my God, I'm in a bear trap. Or, and I just thought this was amazing. Like he trains them to get information out of people. But like, let's say it's your PIN number. He tells this class, listen, you can buy a million dollar dollar high security system and put all your money in technology. But the weakest link is always a human being. And he says, it's really easy to untie somebody's tongue and let them spill out all the secrets. And he says, you just have to know how to keep asking questions and work them. And like he tells the class, he says, I can get anybody's pin number out of them. And they always think that's wrong. So I'll pick somebody who says that's wrong. And you, know, you just keep asking these questions in a very methodical way of working them. And by the end of the class, yeah, he had this guy's pin number. And he says, the guy says, yeah, well, you know, you, that wasn't really fair. You lied. And, you know, the joke is, no, yeah, it's an espionage. We tell the truth. We never lie. <laughs> of course I lied. Um, <laughs> and I was getting to work on your pride. And so it's kind of interesting uh, not to be taken in. He doesn't say humble, but you need humility. Like one thing is he'll say something that he knows is factually incorrect and let somebody correct them, correct him. And normally they'll immediately correct them. He says, you have to stop doing that. That's your pride that you need to feel that you need to correct me. Like you really, if you're going to be a spy, you have to control that. And one thing he said is that he said, you can flip these people just by, if they're willing to lie and have some pride. The one type of person you can never flip, he said, is somebody who's happy. You can never turn somebody who's happy into a counter spy because like all these other people, I can give you $10,000. I can pay you off and you can feel superior, but a happy person doesn't need to feel superior. A happy person, I don't, $10,000. I have my wife and my family and my life is fine. So he said, the one immunity is to be happy, which I just think really is kind of amazing that I have no great wants. Everything I have, I love, and I'm not going to believe your lies. And I thought that makes a great analogy of the danger of pride and the power of humility, because pride, I think, is a type of lie. That's my basic point. Because if you think about like Lucifer in our theology, Lucifer, he says, I will not serve to God because he doesn't want to serve us lowly human beings, where he says, we are made of light and they are made of mud. So it's his pride that was his fall. Or the fall of humanity was, well, rather than let God be the center of the garden, that what's most important, our relationship to God and each other and creation, the fall of humanity happened when now I get to define what is moral. That was 
and enticement. Uh-huh. And I see that all the time. Like this week has been a little brutal because every day I've had a COVID case of somebody dying of COVID up here. Ouch. Um, two days ago, I had three people who are dying of COVID. But I go into this one facility. They turn this hospice place into a COVID unit. And it was weird. I go in and, you know, you have to mask up and put gloves on and PPE just to give an anointing. So I do all that. I walk into the room and swear to God, his daughter and granddaughter are in the room, but they've removed their mask and their PPE. And the guy's dying of COVID. Hmm. So I say, excuse me, isn't he dying of COVID? And the daughter says that they don't believe in COVID. They don't believe it. So I said, well, what do you think he's dying of? And she said, well, his lungs are filling with fluid. So I said, did he walk into a pool? (laughs) But anyhow, like, I'm not going to get in the argument. They're not going to wear their PPE. So they they literally don't believe there's such a thing as COVID, and that's why they took off all the protection? No, they don't believe he has COVID, even though he's tested for it. Wild. Okay. I know. Well, wait, wait. So I anoint him. But, of course, they stick on their cell phones. They're not interested in that. And I'm taken off. But then I kind of thought, think about that. They'll be leaving there after being exposed to somebody. And the guy is literally gasping. Usually COVID uh, deaths are a little bit different where they're stomach down and on a ventilator. I'm, I'm not sure why up here the last couple, they haven't been doing that. So he's just lying there gasping. Oh. And... She's on her phone. The 13-year-old is on the phone. And think about this. That 13-year-old is going to head back to school after being exposed and will not tell anyone. Now, the amazing part to me is just the arrogance and pride that they can define that, no, no, he's not dying of COVID. Even though he's been tested, he's in a medical facility, he's in this medical facility that requires that they wear PPE and masks and Mm -hmm. Nope, nope. They will define it themselves. Remember hmm. the fall of humanity, I said, is no, no, we're not going to let God be the center. We're not going to like be in relationship with each other. I get to define what is good and what is not good. It was pride. And wow, what arrogant pride that you'll endanger other people's lives. So pride is this kind of like back to the, the spy thing. Pride is this lie. And once you get somebody to tell the lie, once they fall for the lie, they will defend that lie. And it's all you're saying it's always a lie about themselves and how they perceive themselves as yeah, being they're superior, superior they really in some know way. What's going on. They, yep. you know, they're the ones who, uh, you're, you're the fool, I'm the one who's smart. And they so that once they've told one lie about it, it's easy for them in any situation to tell another lie. And if you're the spy master, the- you keep working the lie. You m- make them feel that they're in charge until you need to lower the boom. <laughs> uh, you keep paying them off. And the amazing part is what he said of it's about you can't flip a happy person. Uh, when he said that, I actually thought of this strange thing in the Bible, of Isaac in the Bible. Isaac is one of the patriarchs, but he's the most boring of all the patriarchs. Nobody ever pays attention to Isaac, the patriarch, because... His life is incredibly boring. He didn't go in 
any great adventures. He stayed in the promised land. He didn't have any wild adventures because you know why? Isaac, he loved his wife. He loved his boys. He didn't want to do any of that. He didn't get caught up in any drama or lies. He just, he loved his life. So of all the patriarchs, he's the least exotic because he had a happy life. And Isaac always reminds me of my cousin, Pat. I have this cousin, Pat, who's like six, four, huge guy. And my aunt, before she died, she always used to refer to him as the happiest man on earth. (laughs) He like, he looks like he he would be terrible to get into a fight with, but in all honesty, he's the happiest man on earth. Cause she said, you know, he loves his marriage. He loves his boys. He loves living in Montana. He's hunting. He has everything he wants. He's the happiest man on earth. And like, Pat has no shame that he doesn't have certain possess- possessions. He doesn't have a Hollywood life, but he has everything that can make him happy. And so a happy, humble life conquers pride. But the problem is, is that like the spy master, you, you can only flip people that want things and are willing to lie for them. And like, I don't know if you saw that news on Instagram and teenage girls. Mm-hmm. But teenage girls watching Instagram has three times the rate, I think, of suicide because they're always comparing themselves against, I need this, I need that. Really, that's effect of envy and pride. But it's pride that you got to look a certain way. And the problem is, is that when you have so many people in our country who really have fallen for the lie, there's this ripple effect that everything we do and our emotional, spiritual life, everything you do ripples through and affects everything else. So it's not just me who has to be free from pride. It's us. And it is true, I think, that the humble are open to truth and the prideful are defensive. So uh, I'll give you an example in some different ways other than just my cousin is, and this is going to sound strange. I was thinking of Albert Einstein versus Richard Dawkins, Albert Einstein, you know who he is. Richard Dawkins is kind of this professor who is one of the leading atheists. And he's always uh, talking about science. And to me, he's just so arrogant. But in contrast to Richard Dawkins, there's Einstein. And there's this holy apostles person. Her and her husband are both scientists. They're heavily involved in astrophysics. So she's always sending me these astrophysics articles. And one of them was on just the humility of Albert Einstein. And so just going to read you some quotes from Albert Einstein, where Albert Einstein said, I didn't arrive at my understanding of fundamental laws of the universe through my rational mind concerning matter we have it all wrong what we call matter is energy whose vibration has been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses matter is spirit reduced to the point of visibility there is no matter time and space are not conditions in which we live but modes by which we think physical concepts are free creations of the human mind and are not, however it may seem, determined by the external world. Time does not exist. We invented it. Time is what the clock says. The distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion. Now, 
that's just some really amazing things that I can't even think outside that box, right? For think sure. About he said he didn't discover that because of his rational mind. But really what he gets into is that for him, it was about creativity in this quote unquote leap of consciousness. He said, I think 99 times and find nothing. I stop thinking, swim in silence and truth comes to me. The intellect has little to do on the road to discovery. There comes a leap of consciousness, call it intuition or what you will. The solution comes to you and you don't know how or why. We are souls dressed up in sacred biochemical garments and our bodies are the instruments through which our soul plays. When you examine the lives of most influential people who've ever walked among us, you discover one thread that winds through them all. They have aligned first with their spiritual nature and then only with their physical selves. The true degree of a human being can be found in the degree in which he's attained liberation from self. Now, that's, to me, amazing comment. Just the role of humility, creativity, and the soul in the discovery of scientific truth. Most people think, no, I've really read the you know, textbook and I know it. But Albert Einstein, just a little bit more of him, said, the one thing I've learned in a long life that all our science measured against reality is primitive and childlike. We still do not know one thousandth of one percent of what nature has revealed to us. It is entirely possible that behind the perception of our senses, worlds are hidden, which we are unaware. And then he says, because this deals with spirituality, he says, I am not an atheist. The problem involved is too vast for our limited minds. We're in a position of a little child entering a huge library filled with books in many languages. The child knows somebody must have written those books. I am happy because I want nothing from anyone. I don't care about money, decorations, titles, or distinctions. It means nothing to me. I do not crave praise. I claim credit for nothing. A happy man is too satisfied with the present to dwell too much on the future. Like, just with uh, my point being is that power of humility in discovering truth, even scientific truth, is seen in Albert Einstein. And what keeps him humble is a happy life. He desires nothing. He can't be flipped into a spy. The opposite, to me, is Richard Dawkins, who, yes, he's a, technically a scientist, but technically he's actually a professor. He has memorized facts. He's actually never really discovered anything in science. And the odd part is that even though Albert Einstein has repeatedly said in his writings, he is not an atheist and he calls people dogs who call him an atheist. Richard Dawkins insists that Albert Einstein was an atheist, but he just didn't know it. <laughs> and Richard Dawkins calls those people who believe in God as dim, calls them the dims as in dim-witted. But technically, think about this. Richard Dawkins has offered no scientific proof against the existence of God and then insults anyone who disagrees with him. He calls people dims. And then like his book that was a big rage among some people, other scientists said, you know, he proved nothing by the scientific method. His math is way off. But 
the whole point of that is contrast between the humble who's open to truth and the prideful who are always so defensive. Remember the spy master. You have to get them thinking that they're superior to you and work the lie. So the difference between, you know, Albert Einstein and Richard Dawkins is the same difference between pride and humility. And it's not just in the scientific field. It's all over the place. There's one bishop years ago, Bishop Trinan, which you wouldn't have known, but I grew up with Bishop Trinan, humblest man ever. I mean, the man was a saint. The man was a saint, but he only had two T-shirts. Besides his clerics, he had two T-shirts, a green one and a white one. And this is kind of amazing for a bishop, like, there's a mass once. And he says, you know, I'm really not a good homeless. And there's another priest who says, he's a great homeless. So he's going to give the homily. Like Bishop Trinan never had to be the center of attention. Bishop Trinan was so happy in life, he could never be flipped. I know another bishop who, he let the priest know, never disagree with me. I don't like it when you disagree with me. Like your job is to tell me how great I am. (laughs) So I remember thinking, oh, I got to avoid this guy. Like, it's very true. Like, he cares about status and symbol and, you know, God bless him. But according to the Spy Master book, he can be flipped because there's a lot of pride there. And, like, all the priests knew because that was the way he is about agreeing. You, all you have, never correct him. Even if he makes a mistake, you never correct him. In fact, once that bishop asked me to do something. So, of course, I said yes. And this other priest wasn't aware of it and uh, asked me why I did something. And I said, oh, because the bishop, he says, why? I mentioned it to the bishop. He doesn't remember that, which that would be true. He wouldn't remember. I said, well, he did tell me to do that. And the other priest says, you and I both know the bishop hates to be corrected. And he hates to be contradicted and corrected. And that's when I was like, oh. Yikes, I am in trouble because that priest will tell the bishop that. Mm -hmm. But the point being is that the prideful are not open to the truth. The humble, they are. Or doctors. You know, you need doctors to have a certain (laughs) uh, confidence about themselves, right? You you need to be really confident. If you're going to go in for surgery, you can't have be plagued with a lot of doubts. You have to believe you're going to knock it out of the ballpark. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you're not careful, that actually leads to pride rather than competence. And there's this book I was reading about this hospital in New Jersey where I had this huge problem with surgery. And the problem is that the nurses had this way of signaling what doctors you can work with and what doctors you wouldn't. And they'd write the doctor's name in a certain colored pen on this board, which means never Never say anything to this doctor. He is arrogant and trouble. And even if things are going wrong in surgery, you're not allowed to say anything, which is endangering the patient's life. I don't want that doctor working on me. You know, think about this. Pride is not open for truth. A, A nurse can't say, well, wait a minute, doctor, you forgot X. You can't do that with that colored doctor. But with a doctor with a different color on his name, the nurses can say, did, you know, could, could kind of ask questions. So to my point, 
The arrogant doctors believe the lie that they are so much better than nurses. The good doctors, they might believe in their own confidence and thank God you need to. They, don't, they didn't mistake themselves for God, that they're skilled as a surgeon. That doesn't mean they're infallible. So it was a really interesting study in this hospital. My point being, once again, pride is a type of lie about yourself and superiority that doesn't allow you to be open to the truth. Pride is always defensive because you always have to defend the lie. And like one historical figure, Ulysses S. Grant, he had this father who was an egomaniac, always caught up in schemes and scandals. Ulysses made the choice to be like his mother. He worked at being calm and cool and confident. And that was actually the source of his greatness. Despite being a graduate of West Point, uh, afterwards he struggled financially. And one, once uh, one of his army buddies saw him in this meager life and asked, great God, Grant, what are you doing? And Grant's answer was, well, I'm solving the prob- problem of poverty, which I think is pretty witty. Um, <laughs> But that's the answer of somebody who's confident and calm. That's humility, that there's nothing to be ashamed of. Why should he hate himself for having to work for a living? And when other generals would give up because of difficulty, Grant was always calm and collective and believed in staying the course. Other generals were raised in kind of this upper-class, wealthy family that everything was handed to them. So they're kind of the perfect fragiles. But likewise, Grant, he wasn't ashamed of poverty, nor was he egotistical. He determined not to be like the arrogance of his father. And that helped him in making great accomplishments. He chose to be a confident person that doesn't need to boast or brag. He chose to be a confident person that doesn't constantly need to pick fights to prove their worth. Having always to be defensive and pick fights and bully That's the way of the pride. Pride needs to constantly posture and provoke other people. But the humble, they allowed themselves to be challenged and probed and questioned by others. The humble, they can truly wrestle with truth. As difficult as truth is, they can wrestle with it. Prideful people are too fearful to really wrestle with God or the truth. Confident people are humble. Because they're open and reflective about their own life. Confident people can see themselves without the blinders. So they can remain calm and go their way. It's the egoist and the prideful that can never be happy because they made their insecurities, the flaws, the center of their identities. So the way of the prideful is easy in the sense that it's seductive and convenient It seems like the easiest way to get what you want. It's constantly bragging and boasting and cover-ups. The way of the confident and humble, really, that's the easiest life. And it's a road to happiness. The prideful, pride comes from not knowing your worth. The humble come from knowing their worth. Like, take my cousin Pat again. He's humble, but he knows what's really valuable to him. And that is he loves his wife. He loves his boys and his grandchildren. He loves Montana. He doesn't want anything else. It's 
the pride who don't know their own worth. You're going to sell out your country for a telephone book for $10,000. You're going to sell out your country because you need to feel more superior. You're going to give up your pin number and your passcode because you can't remain humble and just shut up. So that book, I really like, but everything I read about the book, you know how to turn a spy? You believe the lie about yourself. Then you'll give up the pin number, the secrets of the state. You'll betray everybody. So to me, one of the definitions of pride that I like is that pride is a lie that you believe about yourself. Well, you know, you have really talked about some things here that I don't know I fully associated with pride I mean, I guess I did, but you've put it in some interesting ways. You you were talking about being insecure and not being grateful for what you have or understanding your self-worth. I mean, there's a lot there to chew on. And yeah, even the is. even the Einstein thing is really interesting where he said that, you know, he's talking about being open to stuff, but he also talked about when he discovered things, when he learned things, was not when he was trying to rationalize or being rational or thinking about it. Because uh, what, what I got the sense was he's saying that if I believe that what I've learned is all there is, there can be a real prejudice there. If I've done all this study and I think, wow, I've discovered all there is to discover and, you know, I'm the authority on this. There's no way for me to go any further. There's no way for me to discover anything else. And so uh, yeah. if I'm sitting there in my rational mind saying, I know this, I know that, I've read this book, I've done this experiment and this outcome and whatever, if you're thinking that way, rather than just being open to what's going or going on around you and being open to the fact that maybe you don't know it all, I mean, it's the, the pride thing is very complex when you start looking at it that way to me. Complex, really? I got to challenge that. I think it's incredibly easy. Well, it is, but I used to lie. It, it is a lie, but understanding that it's a lie, you have to kind of understand why you're lying. You know, why are you telling these lies? What is that? I mean, well, actually I'd say, why are you believing these lies? Well, it's both, you know, I mean, but here, like the spy master says, you're believing the lie because you're not a happy person. But like, but then why aren't you a happy person? Be- because you don't recognize your self-worth? You're not happy with you what you have? Because you don't live in Montana. <laughs> there you go. You have to be like my cousin. But, but, we, all, but we all need to move to Montana then, Father like Len. Let's Einstein, do it. Albert Einstein said, I am not an atheist. No, he is a Montanan. <laughs> he didn't need anything else. I don't need titles. I don't need anything. He was more taken with truth. And you're right. Like, I just love how humility was such a part of his discovery. Now, granted, he did a lot of work and science and all that other stuff. But just the humility, like he once said to his son, his son realized who his dad was famous and said, well, why are you famous? And Albert Einstein said, I'm just a blind beetle that discovered that the universe is curved. Like he had just incredible, it's his humility that allowed him to learn. 
But you said something. You say it's really simple that pride is about the big lie or a lie. But you also said early on that pride goes unrecognized and the dangers of pride go unrecognized. Until and, it's too late. It's like right. a cancer. This but, is, but, oh, but, but you don't all, you don't realize you're lying. And I think that... Do you really know? I, I, I got to be honest. I... I know when I'm lying. I just no. I'm not saying you don't. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm saying that the people get so caught up in their lies, and they're so concerned about they they don't they don't appreciate their own self worth. They don't appreciate what they have. They don't appreciate their life, and so they're always lying about it. But to understand why the lies, why they lie, I think is really important for somebody. Yeah, you know, I agree. I, 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 I go, go back to Bishop Trinan once again, so humble, needed nothing, and could be corrected, could ask opinion, could say, "Hey, Irish, you give the hom- you're much better homeless than I am." Yep. Um, most bishops would be, "Oh my goodness, no! I have to be the center of attention." Yep. <laughs> and like the thing about it is, like, tr- go back to Trent. He could really appreciate other people's gifts, other priests. He could other. Other priests, he openly admitted, had better administrative skills, had better preaching skills. He never thought of it as a competition. <laughs> you know, it's not a competition. And like, ah, he's happy that you're a great homeless. He's happy this guy's a great administrator. But the arrogant, like, no offense, the Arab, arrogant doctors in New Jersey who, you know, will let a patient die rather than being corrected. Like at one point, that's a really interesting question. Do you know that you're lying? I think originally you do. Is my, I think you do. Like the guy that's giving the $10,000 for the, just to lie and break the rule and give a telephone book. He knew it was lying, but it gave him a sense of superiority over those dumb Americans to give him useless. Tenth, bit of yep. It's only when you get caught up in the lie that you can't see the lie anymore. Mm-hmm. Initially, yeah, looking back at my life, I was caught up in a lie. And that pride is a type of lie. Well, uh, I think that what, you're, that what you're saying that's simple is that if we all examine our lives, if we can, if, we, if we're at a place that we have any kind of self-awareness, and we recognize that we're lying about ourselves, who we are, what we know, what we're good at, what we're not good at, all that kind of stuff. That's definitely a big signal that you've got a pride problem. Yeah. You know, and the problem is, is that, you know, I've seen people spend years building up this facade of who they are and aggressively defending it, defending their fake selves. I've seen priests do it and doctors do it. You know, we should sometimes talk about that Mars Hill incident, or the fall of that. Oh, the, the big mega mega church, yeah. That but fell. like, wow, talk about the story of pride. The guy was eaten from the destroyed people's lives because of pride, or the bishop who doesn't allow it to be corrected or challenged. Yep. That that defense of the grandiose self is always their downfall. Well, and it's almost it's almost always found out too. Almost it, oh, always. Yeah, you, you know, the moment you turn on a country, you will be betrayed. You will be betrayed. You know, yep. The moment you you take the ten thousand dollars, 
Yeah, we'll let you think you're superior for a while, but then the you know, then we're gonna ask you to do things that are really gonna make you uncomfortable. And yeah, if you get caught, you get caught. See, I, I, my analogy is Satan is the spy master that is asking us, oh, no, I'll give you this great thing just for a telephone book. Yep. I love it. That's perfect. That's a perfect way to kind of end this. Now, Father Len, you mentioned before we started this episode that you thought you wanted to do maybe another episode on pride or? Yeah, because there's just so much to wrestle with pride. I mean, that's just one little aspect that pride is like a lie. That we tell ourselves it is a, it, I mean when you really I mean if I'm honest about myself and and life and people I know and even just this whole idea of these little lies and and how it reveals pride and stuff uh, it, it it's pervasive it's I mean there's just there is a lot to this and it's very dangerous that's for sure okay well, let's do another one on it then okay so we welcome your comments and questions and your experiences with pride and lies and that kind of stuff. It's easy to get those to us. You can shoot me an email. My address is irish at wwgproductions.org. That's irish at wwgproductions.org. Or text or leave me a voicemail at 208-391-3738. That's 208 208- Three nine one three seven three eight. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling with God show, please share your favorite episodes with your friends and, and subscribe. And if you would, give us a rating and review us anywhere where you get your podcast, because that kind of helps people understand what we do and helps uh, people find us. And, and also, if you subscribe, it guarantees that you'll know when we publish another episode. This podcast is created and distributed by Wrestling With God Productions. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jake Einick and Kevin Barnett. The lifeblood of Wrestling With God Productions comes from generous donors who support our mission. It takes lots of time and money to design, record, edit, distribute, and promote the podcast we create. So if you've benefited from one of our podcasts, please consider making a donation at givesendgo.com slash wwgproductions. That's givesendgo.com slash wwgproductions. You'll find a link to this site in the show notes below this episode in your podcast app. And we really, really appreciate your support. So I hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, purpose, and humility in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm -hmm.